See, part of, part of, or one of the tough things about being a speaker, really, is the front row. Like, that is, that is the toughest thing. Like, this row right here, I don't know what it is about, like, this is like the, the, the Red Sea, I think. Like, no one wants to sit in the front row because it's like, I don't know, man, you might get spat on or you might get, like, if it's just too close. And you know, as a speaker, oh, we got some fellows coming up. That's good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, Charlie. I got one more, buddy. What happened to your leg, dude? Hyper extended it. Man. But how'd you do it, though? You were fighting a bear, weren't you? And like had that bear in a headlock and it leaned back. Dude, way to go. Give it up for the bear and Charlie. Man. I tell you, thank you, guys. Man, we got one more. If one more person wants to come up and, and be a blessing. Listen, y'all say Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, like, say Sunday night. Sunday night. Hey, dude. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Keeping it real. Now, tonight is Sunday night. Now, Sunday night, tonight, what we're going to be doing is meeting at 6 o'clock. Say 6 o'clock. All right, 6 o'clock. We are going to be meeting... Underneath the deck, on the other side of the deck, there is a little hidden gym that our church has called a volleyball court. Now, we will be meeting over there at 6. We will have hamburgers, hot dogs, and drinks for you guys, or some drinks, not, well, actually, we'll have water for you guys, because the guys... You guys, if you can, we want to ask that the guys bring drinks and the girls bring snacks. Now, why do we do that? Guys bring drinks, girls bring snacks. We've explained this before, but we want to tell you one more time, because if the girls or if the guys were to bring snacks, they would just bring Doritos and Funyuns. And there's a wide range of good snackage out there that we want you girls to bring. And it, guys, you can just bring drinks. So Cokes, Mountain Dew, Sprites. Fanta, cheer wine, lemonade. We'll have some lemonade. So y'all be here. Listen, y'all be here tonight, and that's for fifth through twelfth grade. Be here tonight. We'll have. We're gonna have a lot of stuff. We are going to make a water balloon or water balloon, watermelon explode. We are going to play some spike ball. It's gonna be just incredible. So make sure that you're here. Six o'clock. Somebody say six o'clock. Okay, now, so over the next few moments, I want you to really, really listen in, really, really dive in, really lean in on what we've got to talk about this morning, because last week, last week, last week we had a parent meeting. Now, we, we did not publicize that appropriately, or I did not publicize that appropriately because we wanted it to be like a parent slash student meeting, but I did not, I didn't publicize that well enough that we needed y'all, wanted y'all to be there. And so this morning, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on this fall and spring in STS. We have a lot of exciting things going on, and then we're going to dive into our talk this morning. But before we start off, before we we go any further in today. I just want you to know our team, I am so stinking excited about this fall. We've got so many things coming up, so many exciting deals going on for you that we can't explain it. We are so excited. And that is the word. 
excitement. And that's what we want you to be. We want you to be excited about everything that's coming up. Now, we have a lot of changes, and I want to explain a few of those changes, particularly on Sunday mornings. That's where the biggest changes are going to happen on Sunday mornings. Now, a lot of you are used to uh, 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 coming in here and kind of doing the same thing every Sunday, every Sunday weekend, week out, and there's some things going to be shaken up, a little, some things that are, are going to be mixed up a little bit, and we want you to be prepared. We want you to understand that we are doing this following the Holy Spirit's lead, following what we feel like we, we, uh, we feel like the Lord is leading us to do in an effort to serve you better to serve you more, and to, and to really invest in you even more so. Because listen, we love you guys. We truly, truly love you guys. And we're so glad that you're here on Sunday mornings. Listen, you could be worshiping anywhere else, but you're here. And we are so glad for that. And we, we want to serve you in that. And so how do we best serve you? We, we, it, it really is in these changes that what we're doing on Sundays. Now, just hang with me. If you've already heard this, just hang with me. Don't tune us out because we might say something that you may have missed or you may have just gotten a little confused on. But I want to I want to share this with you this morning because our not only are Sunday mornings changing, our Sunday afternoons are changing as well. And so let me lay it all out there. Let me explain everything. So our Sunday mornings have consisted of nine, uh, 8.45 pancakes. You come down here, eat pancakes. Then you come in here about 9.10, 9.15. We have worship, a short, Bible, a short worship, short Bible study, and short table time. And so we did some surveys a couple of months ago, and you guys did an incredible job of filling those surveys out. But the two, survey, or the two things that we really heard the most overall, really, uh, was about our table groups. In your times at the table. And now listen, let me explain. The two things that we heard was the table groups that were not deep enough and they were not long enough. Well, number one, or number one is caused by number two. The reason we couldn't dive in to deeper in our talks because we really didn't have enough time. 22 minutes is how we kind of wired it down and how to streamline it. 22 minutes was not enough time for you guys to talk about everything that we'd love for you to discuss on a Sunday. Now, partly because you come in and it's good to see each other and you're catching up on the weekend. We understand that. And we're catching up on what you did this weekend and how many touchdowns you scored and how many, how many spikes you hit across the volleyball net and all that other good stuff. But, but it seems like we only got about seven or eight minutes to talk about uh, godly things. Not that the other things aren't godly. We just talk about the message, talk about the, the talk this morning and really invest. And so what we prayerfully considered and what we talked about, we, we sought godly counsel on this and we really prayed and we really sought the Lord on this and just really said, how can we make our Sundays more effective? And so that's what led us to our Sunday afternoons. Now, we're not calling it Sunday nights because it really isn't nighttime yet. It's Sunday afternoons, and it all starts at 345. Somebody say 345. So it all starts at 345. Now, the cool thing about 345, our Sunday afternoon, if you were to participate from 345, you would be here for just, just a little bit, uh, two hours and 15 minutes. But 2.45, or 3.45, excuse me, to 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, we're done. You go home, eat dinner, hang out with your family, finish up your homework, all that good stuff. But at 3.45, let me explain what's happening. 
Actually, let me talk about five to six. I'll talk about five to six first to, to talk about our table groups. What's happening to our table groups? What's going on in our table groups? Well, table groups are going to be moved to f- between five and six Sunday afternoons, and we're calling them D groups or discipleship groups. And the reason we're doing that, again, is so that we have a little bit more length, we can have a little bit more time to talk, and we're really excited about that time. So we don't want you to miss that. They will be broken up by uh, grades and genders, so it'll, it'll be almost identical to Sunday morning table groups, just meeting here on campus, different places, different classrooms. We have a little bit more freedom on where to spread out. And then we will be talking, I'll tell you about what we'll be talking about here in a minute. And I'm really excited about that. So we don't want you to miss, that will be our discipleship time. That'll be our, our small group, table group time coming back here on Sunday afternoons. And we really want you to be a part of that. Maybe you're not a part of the first thing that I'm about to explain to you, our ministry teams, but you're a part of the five to six D group time. We want you to be a part. So I'm really excited about our five to six D group time, but I'm also just as equally excited about our ministry team time from 345 to five. Now, let me explain that because that's kind of new around here. That's kind of new on what we're, 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 we've been doing. And so let's, let's, let me use this for example, praise team, our praise team, they come in here. Do you understand that our praise team gets here at 7 a.m.? every Sunday morning and practices super hard and has to set up the stage, practice, and then get everything ready for 8.45. Because at 8.45, uh, 8.50, we really like to shut things out so they can go out and hang out with you guys and participate. Not just stay in here, but participate, eating pancakes, talking, hanging, and really enjoying each other. And so what we would like to do is offer another time to practice. We also know that there's a ton of you that want to serve. There's a ton of you that want to play an instrument. There's a ton of you that want to sing. And there's only so many spots up here on the stage. There's only so much room on the stage where you can do that. And I'm going to share another opportunity that we're going to be doing on Sunday mornings here in a second for you guys. But what we're going to be doing at 345 we're going to have our praise band practice, and Nate's going to come in here at 345 and lead the team that's playing the next week, going to be leading them in practice to have a head start on worship. Also, that's not just for the praise band, that's also for those of you who are interested in technology, like words and sound. There's a ton of people who say, man, I really love music, I really love sound, I, lo- I, re- I, I really dig the, the video aspect of things, but I'm not really a good singer, I'm not really a good player. Actually, the only thing I can play is the radio. And so, but I can go back there and I can push a button on a keyboard. I can do a knob on a, a soundboard. And Willie's going to be teaching you guys that. And so you'll be joining not only because that, what happens back there is just as important as what happens up here. Because without the back, you wouldn't be able to hear what's going on up here. It would sound really strange. And so all that plays together, all that ties together. And at 345, Praise Man will have practice from 345 to 5. Really stoked about that. But not only that, there's some other cool ministries that are starting up, ministry teams that are starting up. One is a creative team. Now, let me explain the uh, the creative or the creativity team. Probably call it the creative team. But Really stoked about that because I follow a lot of you on Instagram and I'm, I'm, I'm checking out your stuff and, and not, you know, not your goofy pictures where you got like french fries, stuff, you know, showed up your mouth like that and look like a walrus. Not that, I mean, that's funny, but a lot of you take some really, really killer pictures. 
A lot of you are like photographer kings. Ben Tamana, look, Ben has posted some really cool, sweet pictures here lately. And it's really, really, he's all humble. He's like, no, man, stop, Ryan, stop. Stop, Ryan. Stop. 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 But he's like, it really posts. He's turning red. I'm sorry, buddy. You really do post some really awesome pictures. But here's the deal. We want to take guys like Ben. We want to take girls that are uh, really into you. Some of you ladies, you have, you don't want to like post all these pictures on your main Instagram account. So you have this photography Instagram account. We want to use your pictures because in church world, in student ministry, we're, pu we're publicizing all kinds of things. We're using backgrounds and stuff like that. Like, take this for example. This picture I bought online. Not, you're about to go, man, I'm going to make some money on this. No, no. But I bought this picture, and I'm thinking, man, that's really cool. But listen, we want to use the pictures that you post. We want to use the pictures that you take. We want to use the pictures that the cool skills that God has given you to get that one little shot that right when the sun's perfect, boom. We want to use that picture. So from 3.45 to 5, that'll be a part, there'll be a photography, a little under, under sub outlet of the creative team. Not only is that going to be going on at 3.45 in the creative team, also we're going to be starting to do video announcements. And we're, we've got a little set We've created a set back here that we're in one of these, these rooms back here. We're going to be creating, we have that already set up. We've got the camera equipment. We've got everything. And we need some of you to say, who says, man, I don't sing, I don't play, but I like to, I enjoy drama. I enjoy speaking. I can speak and I can speak in front of a camera and that's okay. And then some of you say, well, I can't really speak into a camera very well. Well, here's the cool thing. We have a teleprompter for you to use and you can just read and it's all good. But some of you want to be, you know, like that's something that interests you and some of you run cameras like we have that we have that available for you we want that we want you to serve that way someone you can and can do videography some of you can give announcements some of you can talk really well and it doesn't matter whether you're in fifth grade or 12th grade we want you to be a part not only that I'm going to two more and then we're going to roll on number the third one and they're all they're, none of these are any more important than the other they're all equally important in what we're trying to do here in STS one is the outreach team. I'm really excited about the outreach, outreach team. And now what the outreach team will meet here at 345. And we'll get, if you're a guest with us, by the way, I totally apologize. My name is Ryan. I get to hang out with you guys. I'm the youth pastor here. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning, if you're a guest with us this morning. Now listen. With that being said, we want you to fill out an All About Me card or All About Me sheet. We've got some in the back. One of our staff can get you one of those. We want you to fill it out. And why you are filling that out is because we want you to fill it out so we can bring you a gift. We can give you a gift for just hanging out with us this morning. So what's happening on 345 for our outreach team? Listen, you'll come here, 345. Some of you who feel led. We'll load up, actually, before we load up, some of you will write cards and say, thank you for coming. We, we're so glad that you came. And then some of you will pack uh, gift bags, and then we'll load up in our cars, load up in some of our leaders' cars, and we're going to take a gift bag and say, thank you for coming to SDS that morning. That's called ministry, y'all. That's called outreach. That's called, thank, that's called loving on people. How cool would it be if you went, listen, just put yourself in a visitor's shoes. Listen, just real quick. I know some of you are just tuning out for this one, but just hear me out for a second. What if you visited a church 
and got a free gift that day. Dude, I would love that. They brought me a a t-shirt and a coffee cup and a journal. Dude, I would be all about that. And it's not about the gift. Listen, it's not so much about what's in the bag. It's about the heart of the person who's delivering the bag to the people. We want you to do that. One of our other fun things, real quick, real quick. One of our other fun things that we're going to be doing is our basketball ministry. A lot of you have asked, when are we going to start basketball back? When are we going to start doing that? Well, here's the deal. It's not just going to be just basketball for the sake of playing basketball. We want you to invite your friends to play basketball with you at 345. And in the gym, we'll be playing basketball. You'll have a little devotion, be playing basketball. But it's not just about hanging and playing. We want you to invite your friends for that too. Like that's what everything we're doing. That's the whole point of what we've got going on. We want you to be involved in ministry. That's what it's about. So 345 to 5, ministry teams, 5 to 6 will be our discipleship or our D groups. And we are really excited about that. Now, we have everything, all of this is planned out in our parent guide that you've gotten or ministry guide for our student ministry. And you can grab one of those later on. If your parents didn't get one of those, we'll have some in the back. Now, what are we going to be talking about? That's one of the popular questions. What are we going to be talking about? Well, really stoked about this because fifth and sixth grade, you guys and gals will be heading and you're, you're going to be doing um, some desiring God, some awesome, deep, really, really cool. Uh, what's the Bible study called, Mark? What's the Abiding in Christ, fifth and sixth graders, it's super, super cool. Now, that'll be done in your classrooms on Sunday mornings. That is your D group. Listen, you won't be coming, coming back in the afternoons for D group from five to six. That's just for seventh through twelfth graders. On Sunday mornings, your D group is from five to six upstairs. Um, and so, seventh and eighth, seventh and eighth. So, Sunday mornings, fifth and sixth, you'll meet at the top of the gym. 7th and 8th, you'll go, you won't meet in here first, you'll go immediately into the den. Ninth through 12th, you'll be coming in here. The cool thing about what's going on, upstairs, in the den, and in here, one thing Nate, where, I saw him, there he is, Nate's going to be helping lead, is he, again, remember I said there's a ton of y'all that want to sing, want to play, want to be a part of leading worship? Well, you'll come in here, and Nate will help you lead some songs that you'll, we'll have some students leading worship up in the gym, We'll have some students leading worship in the den for the 7th and 8th graders, and we'll have students leading worship in here. It is going to be ministry-packed, and it's student-led. It's student, literally student-to-student, and we want you to be a part of that. We really want you to be a part. But in 7th and 8th and ninth through 12th, what Mark is going to be teaching in there, I will be teaching in here. And what we are going to be doing this fall on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons is talking about the gospel of Mark. And this whole fall... This whole fall series is going to be about the gospel march. So, well, I've got a little video for you that I want you to watch. Uh, it's, on, it's just a few minutes long. Just check it out. And this kind of gives a good overview of what we're talking about through the gospel mark. I'll share a little bit about the end, and then we'll go to big church. So let's watch this video. Tradition tells us that it was written by a guy named John Mark. Now, Mark didn't just grab a bunch of random stories about Jesus and throw them together. He's designed this book to address some really specific questions about whether or not Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. So let's stop right there because that's a term a lot of people like me aren't very familiar with. 
Yeah, so the Messiah was a royal figure, sometimes called the Son of God, that Israel was expecting to come and set up a kingdom here on earth. And around the time of Jesus, Israel was occupied by Rome, and so many Jews were hoping that the Messiah would come and overthrow the Romans and rule as king. But Jesus didn't overthrow the Romans. In fact, he was killed by them. And that brings us to the very issues Mark is trying to get at in this book. So in the first half, he focuses on who Jesus is. Is he really the Messiah? And then in the second half, he's addressing how Jesus became the Messianic King. And then right here in the middle of the book is this pivotal story that brings the two halves together and Jesus answers both of these questions. Okay, so let's talk about the first half of the book, who Jesus is. So Mark makes his beliefs about Jesus very clear from the first line of the book. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. One of the next stories is Jesus getting baptized and God's voice announces from heaven, this is my son. So it couldn't be more clear, it's presenting Jesus as the Messiah. Yes, but as you're reading through this first half of Mark, you'll notice something really interesting start to happen. Jesus is going about healing all these different people, and he's constantly telling them to keep quiet about who he is. This happens so many times in Mark's account, it's very strange. Yeah, why keep it a secret? So remember, lots of Jews had lots of different expectations about what the Messiah would be and do. And so Jesus doesn't want people to misunderstand what it means for him to be Israel's Messiah. And so with all that in mind, we come now to the pivotal story at the center of the book where Jesus takes his disciples away and he asks them, who do you all say that I am? And Peter says what everyone's been saying, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. But then something new happens because Jesus starts explaining to them how he's going to become the Messianic King and it is not what they expected. He says he's going to suffer and die and rule by becoming a servant or in his words, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to become a servant and to give his life as a ransom for many. Peter is startled by this and he rebukes Jesus because there's no way he's going to let Jesus die. And Jesus responds, get behind me, Satan, which is really intense. It really is. But it highlights how important it is for Jesus that his disciples come to understand who he really is. And so here now in this pivotal section, Jesus tries three different times to have this conversation with them. And every time they respond in confusion and even fear. Okay, so this launches us into the second half of the book where Mark addresses the question of how Jesus becomes the Messianic King. It's the last week of Jesus' life. He goes to Jerusalem, gets in conflict with the religious leaders, and gets arrested. And he's put on trial as someone who's claiming to be the king of the Jews. He's even given a crown and a purple robe like a king would get, but it is all a cruel joke. Then he's mocked and beaten and hung up on a cross where he dies. And it's here in this crucial scene that we meet a new character. A Roman soldier. Who suddenly gets everything that's going on. He says, surely this is the son of God. Which is crazy. It's an enemy who's first putting it all together that Israel's messianic king is the crucified Jesus. That's the structure of the book of Mark. But the book doesn't end with Jesus dead on the cross. No. So on the third day, some women go to visit Jesus' tomb, only to find that it's empty. And then there's this angel standing there instructing them to go and tell this good news that Jesus is alive from the dead. But instead, they run away and they don't tell anyone because they're afraid. And that's how the book ends. 
Which is a really abrupt ending. Yeah, it's so abrupt that later scribes did add an ending that brings more closure to the story. And you'll find that story in your Bible with a little footnote that says it was added much later. But Mark's a brilliant storyteller, and he's intentionally ended this book abruptly. So all through the book, the disciples have been confused about Jesus' plan to give up his life, the story in the middle and now right here at the end. It's like Mark is acknowledging just how startling this claim really is. And he wants you, the reader, to wrestle with it for yourself. Is this crucified Jesus really the Messiah that they've been waiting for? Diving in on. That's what we're going to be really, uh, really chatting about. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible app, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark chapter 10. Verse 45. So on Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings in the den and in the loft, which is this room and that room right over here, 7th through 12th graders, we will be talking about one main point that will come out of the scriptures. Because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going uh, really kind of slow and intentional as we read our scriptures. So we're going to be going like chapter one, chapter two. There's a couple of weeks that we'll be kind of doubling up on our chapters. But we did this in order so that we can go through this whole book. We can talk about Jesus. It is the shortest gospel. And, and so we can really dive in and see this different view, not only from Jesus being a best friend or Jesus uh, becoming the ruler, we see this this servant king that Jesus is called and displayed as in the book of Mark. And so what we want to do is on Sunday mornings, we're going to be talking about maybe one key thing, really diving in a truth that we really want you to understand. And then on Sunday afternoons, when you come to your D groups, you will be breaking down that chapter even further. You will be uh, really talking about that with your leader, having some dialogue, discussing it, and seeing how you can apply that to your lives. Now, with that being said, our hope and prayer is that this will not be on Sundays, Sunday mornings, or Sunday afternoons. It will not be the first time that you have heard this account, this first time that you've heard this chapter. What we, would, we want to do is give you, and we already have given you that in our parent guide, but and, and I'm already giving you a heads up, this will all start September 11th. We'll be starting our talks on Sunday mornings on March, chapter 1, September 11th, and then Sunday afternoons. We'll talk about that in a second, but we won't have, we are having degrees, but it'll look a little different. But what we want you to do is we have given you, we, you know what we will be talk, talking about the next week. And so what we would like you to do is on Monday is start out reading every day just the chapter that, of Mark that we're in. So say September 11th, we're going to be talking about uh, Mark chapter 1. What we want you to do is the Monday before, we want you to start reading Mark chapter 1 every day. It will take you maybe two and a half minutes to read if you are a slow reader. But we want you to read that every single day. Like, March chapter 1 on Monday, March chapter 1 on Tuesday, March chapter 3. Because the key to learning is repetition. And so by the time you get in here on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons, you have an idea of what we're talking about. Not only that, you're diving in the Word and having your quiet time yourself. And that's what we want to have. But 
or that's what we want you to have. But as we think about Mark, as we kind of end out today, as we kind of think about the uh, theological crux of this book, if everything hinged on one verse, it would be this verse, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. And we heard it about it in the video. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, we are calling this series throughout the fall kingdom because what Jesus did when he came on the scene is he flipped the idea of what the kingdom was about and what the kingdom of God, as a ruler who comes to, to rule a kingdom, he flipped the idea upside down because the Jews, they were wanting a warrior king, but Jesus says, no, I'm coming to Serve. So let's talk about this just for a few minutes and uh, really break this down. So if you're taking notes, I want to give you some key words. I want to kind of give you some things to think about, some things to discuss in your own mind and your own heart. Maybe you talk about it with your parents. But we want you to think and talk and just ponder on these few words as we break this down. So the Son of Man. Who is that? Very good. We, that's, a, that's where the Sunday school answer is acceptable. Jesus, very good. You get a gold star or a smiley face sticker on your board. Jesus, we are talking about Jesus. So Jesus is talking about himself for even the Son of Man. Now listen, the cool part about those words, those three words, Son of Man, that is mentioned 14 times in the Gospel of Mark. 14 times in the Gospel of Mark. And I love the fact that Jesus is talking about himself and he's talking about himself in a humble way. Because God, or excuse me, Jesus is 100% God, and he's 100% man. And we see that as he comes, as the son of man. So he's the son of God, and he's the son of man, 100% God, 100% man. And he meets that in this word, son, or these words, son of of man. And so we talk about this. We're going to be dialoguing through about what that means, son of man, even more as we continue through the book of Mark. But it says these words, did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, it's not talking like serve on the dance floor, like serve on the volleyball court. No, it's talking much deeper than that. He's talking much deeper than that. He is coming to be the ultimate servant. Now we need to understand what it means. What does it mean to serve? What does that, that term serve or that verb serve mean? What does that mean? What is that talking about? Literally in the Greek, the word serve is, it, the Greek word is diakonos, where we get the word deacon from. That word literally means table waiters or to wait on someone, to wait on a table, to, to serve as a person who's waiting on a table would serve the person who is eating. That's what Jesus is saying. I've come to serve. I've come to pour myself out. I've come to give my all. I have not come to be sitting at the table and everybody come serve me and come serve my needs and do what I want you to do and be a king that servants go out and do. He says, I have come to serve. I've come to serve you, humans. And I've come to pour myself out. 
to show you. And why does he do this? We, this, is, this is interesting. Remember the Jews wanted a warrior king? And Jesus says, I have come to serve. And we think about this. What does it mean that Jesus wanted to serve? And we see it in the last part of this verse. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, we, we see two words that are really curious here. The word ransom and the word many. The word ransom and the word many. Let's, let's, under, let's talk about the word ransom for a second. Listen, a price had to be paid. A price had to be paid for sin. We understand that from the Old Testament. A sacrifice had to be made. A price had to be paid. Something, blood had to be spilt. We've talked about that before. But we need to understand that the price, the ransom was not given to Satan. Some people think, well, Jesus paid the ransom for Sat- or to Satan, and that's not who the ransom was paid to. It, the ransom was paid to God. Now listen, John MacArthur says this, the ransom was paid to satisfy God's justice and holy wrath against sin. The penalty or the wages of sin is death. Scripture talks about that in Romans, that the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die. Those thoughts that you had Friday night, those things that you did yesterday, the disobedience against your parents, the, the, the stuff that you shouldn't have put in your bodies this weekend, all that stuff, those thoughts, the actions, everything that you disobeyed on, the bad attitude, all that stuff, the things that you shouldn't have said, the, the, the things that you shouldn't have sent, all that stuff. There had to be a ransom. There had to be a penalty for those sins and that penalty was death and is death now god didn't want that to be it so he sent his son jesus jesus left heaven to come to this earth to live a perfect life to take the sins of you and i and your grandparents and your great great grandparents and the people that you don't even know that lived centuries before and if the lord allows and tarries and god tarries jesus's return it will be the 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 sins of your kids and your grandkids and your great 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 grandkids god put that on Jesus's shoulders and Jesus hung on the cross and had his blood spilt for that that he was the ransom but this word for many for many is curious because they say well doesn't God love for God so loved the world yes God so loved the world but he also knew that not the whole world would not accept him Listen, hang with me real quick. The world would not accept him. The whole world would not accept him. But his ransom was for all. His ransom was for you and for me and for your grandkids and for your great-grandparents and the strangers that lived before. His ransom, his blood that was spilt was for them. But he knows that only a few will accept that. Jesus even said that narrow is the way to heaven and broad is the way to destruction. So only a few will grasp what it's talking about here. And over the next few weeks and over the next few months, we're really going to dive in and see what Jesus, or excuse me, what Mark is telling us about the servant king, Jesus. 
And for maybe some of you in here, you're saying, I, I don't grasp this. I don't grasp because all I've heard is God just sending his son and, and he was this frail little guy who just walked around healing people, never sinned, and just went to the cross and died for sins. But Jesus is so much more than that. And so you come in here. You say, well, how can Jesus' blood be for me? How can he be a ransom for me? How can it be enough for me? Oh, it is enough. Oh, it is enough. His forgiveness is for all. And so I invite you to come and join us through this journey of Mark on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons. We want you to be a part, and we're excited to see what God has. Will you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for these teenagers. I thank you for this journey we're about to go through, and we're about to go on in Mark. And not only Mark, God, you're going to do some really, really huge things this fall. And God, you want to use more than the five people on staff here in STS. You want us to serve, and you want us as a student ministry to pour in and to dive in to what you have for us. God, you want us to follow your lead. And so, Father, I just ask that you would empower our students to have confidence and courage in you. God, I pray that they would have confidence and courage that they would follow your lead, God. God, that they would do what you want them to do and say what you want them to say, Father. Lord, we, we give you glory and we give you praise and adoration. I thank you for what you've done this morning. I thank you for what you're going to do in big church, how you're going to speak to us. God, let us worship you today. We're, we're awake. We're here Speak to our hearts. Show us something we've never seen. And let us give you glory. Let us leave changed and different than the way we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Y'all have a great, great Sunday. See you tonight, 6 o'clock.